Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. And you're about to get jumped. Welcome to episode 208 of Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, a weekly podcast where we watch the anime so you don't have to. But you should still totally watch the anime. This week on Get Jumped, we're watching Yu Yu Hakusho episodes 101 through 103 plus Record of Ragnarok. Wherein one, a team from the human world prepares to fight the gods to save humanity, and in the other, a team from the human world prepares to fight a demon civil war to save everybody. Yeah, it's just a classic story of he met her, she was a god, he wanted to go and fight for no reason, she wanted to end humanity for seemingly no reason. Oh, yeah, we also watch Record of Ragnarok, I think. Um, I don't know. They'll they'll run together at the end of these stupid, stupid cycles. Anyways, let's jump in. <laughs> Oh my god. I but am, tell us what you really think. I am about to be so angry at Yu Yu Hakusho. I, I don't know if you've seen how many episodes are left. <laughs> but <laughs> just look at how many episodes are left. And you can I, see you why know, we're approaching my anger point and my shark jumping point. <laughs> it is... It, it's, it's so funny to me because I... I understand what you're saying, but so far yeah. the actual storytelling is fine. It's <laughs> so like you always come into these UU episodes recently, like pretty hot on how like annoyed or upset you are with the show. And I'm like, yeah, well, it's fine though. <laughs> but yes, I, uh, I do see that we have very, very short runway from here to the end. And, um, so I'm, I will. Yeah. Be a little so surprised if you're if wondering you how many episodes of Yu Hakusho there are, I I believe we have two more episodes worth uh, of episodes to go over. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's about six episodes. Yeah, we've been we have locked into about three episodes, uh, three episodes of the show per one episode of the podcast, and I yeah. believe we've and got so- two more episodes worth, so six left. Which uh, it does uh, feel like we're just now welcome. leaving the exposition. Welcome, episode, everybody. So <laughs> it's the most frustrating part of the whole thing is that he... Okay, so here's the deal. A lot of people get really mad, really mad <laughs> about Hunter x Hunter. And the reason that they do is because they feel like they're set up and then they just have nothing. And they are set up and then they don't get their payoff. And they're just like, is this creator of this anime and manga just like a like really sadistic against his fans? Like, is he just so against giving them what they want? And it's just one of those things where Yu Yu Hakusho also, it's gonna get you like, oh my god, I am so ready for this epic thing that they're building up to. And it's just such a like... Okay, I won't go into it because we're about to watch those episodes, but I swear to God, man, like watching these again and getting excited again (laughs) and knowing where it's going is just like, oh man, you fucker, you're like, you're getting me like just, just to the edge and you're just going to like walk away. (laughs) What an ass. He's just a tease. (laughs) How's everything else going, Blake? (laughs) Um... Well, I was going to say, speaking of uh, Hunter x Hunter, I was looking around on the Shonen Jump website the other day, uh, and I mm-hmm. saw that Hunter x Hunter is available to be read. Um, so that is news. I don't know how newsy it is, because I have not been keeping tabs on the readability of that manga. And I think most of the news about the manga these days is about whether or not a hiatus is occurring. And if so, when said hiatus will be ending. But, uh, I remember looking a while back 
and being, maybe it was during our Hunter coverage, but I was like, I really want to read this in no small part because the anime ends, but the story keeps going and they just, they just stopped making the anime, but the manga continued to be created. And I've heard um, some really interesting story hooks about it that make me want to see what happens next. Uh, but I really, really want to spend my time on like official releases and the Shonen Jump. This is not an ad. I wish it were because I feel like I'm about to advertise for them. Okay. Uh, the Shonen Jump website, it's a $2 a month subscription. And I know that in, in our current world, everything is a subscription and that sort of death by a thousand cuts experience isn't always very positive, but it basically doesn't get better for $2 a month for uh, functionally all the anime you can get your hands on. Uh, and the fact that Hunter x Hunter wasn't on there and is now makes me feel like there's other series that are available that I have missed. Um, and uh, obviously I'm constantly reading tons of manga, not just for the show, but I read manga in my free time and I really, really, really enjoy being able to do that. Um, I think the web reader is pretty decent. There's something, I read a lot of Marvel Unlimited as well. There are some things that Marvel Unlimited does that I wish the the shonen jump reader would do specifically as far as like how the pages size themselves in your window um but other, otherwise i think it's a pretty pretty easily usable interface um that allows you to read a bunch of manga and then uh am i correct in remembering spencer that you have read quite a bit on their app too is that right yeah yeah it's 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 good <laughs> Yeah, and it's the app is uh, the app is a free thing to download. Um, I I believe I I don't think I have seen a single series on the the Viz Media website that doesn't let you read the first three chapters for free. Um, maybe that's not true for certain one shots. If I had to like guess of something that that wouldn't be true for, but generally speaking, if you're like, hey, I really have been hearing a lot about One Piece. Uh, I want to see if I want to read it. You can go to their website and read the first three chapters for free without logging in, without paying anything. And then if you want to keep going, then you can sign up for the subscription, which, you know, again, can sometimes be a bit of a barrier. But for this, if you've got two extra dollars a month that you could part with, uh, I I can hardly think of a better value streaming service, if I'm being honest. Uh, oh, well, I guess this isn't a streaming service, but, you know, better value subscription service is what I'm trying to say. Uh, and yeah, I'm pretty thrilled that Hunter x Hunter is now available because I really want to know what happens when they go on that boat. Yeah, big whale boat. Yeah. Anyways, uh, Blake made me, uh, by made me, I, I mean forced me to watch a piece of shit anime that we had to talk about. So uh, wait, 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 we've got we've got a little bit more pre-show. Oh my uh, God, I just, yeah, I, I had, uh, I just wanted to call out one person who put in a comment. I always post the episodes that we release onto the, uh, subreddit page. Um, and I had somebody on Reddit come and comment on the most recent episode. Uh, this is the okay. Danton said, great podcast. I enjoy listening to you both each week. Um, I replied that I really appreciated the kind words, but I wanted to shout you out on the podcast here. Because uh, I think that's cool. And, um, you know, I really appreciate you taking the time to say something nice to us. So I wanted to voice that appreciation here where uh, everybody else can be jealous of you. Yeah, did it. You made and you made the list. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, I also saw an article. Crunchyroll announces its first 2023 anime editions. Uh, this is on comicbook.com. So if you want to check that out, Crunchyroll announcing first 2023 anime editions they're talking about uh, anime nyc is currently taking place as an article from two days ago uh, as we're recording this i guess not as you're listening to this so this is, a, this is an article from november 19th that's what i should say uh anime new york city is currently taking place and uh they are you know dropping dropping news so there's a couple of um a couple of shows that they're announcing here with a brief sort of single paragraph description of the show. And uh, a lot of them are uh, have trailers as well. So there's one called Hell's Paradise, uh, one called The Ancient Magus Bride Season 2, which I think is exciting because we watched a little bit of that. 
We got Yuri is my job, the ice guy and his cool female colleague, Dead Mount Death Play. What a title. Uh, Ayaka and saving 80,000 gold in another world for my retirement. So okay. Those, those are the ones announced in here. I uh, I just listed them off because in case you're one of the people who might recognize a, uh, a series by its name, uh, then get excited for that thing. If you want to check out the little blurbs and trailers about this, check out comicbook.com for their, their article on the uh, 2023 anime editions. And uh, I personally was excited to see the inclusion of the ancient mega sprite on here because I thought that was a uh, that got off to a really good start when we covered it on our show. All right, super exciting. Um, all right, let's talk about talk this about... show that you love, your new favorite anime of all time. <laughs> Man, I just I I cannot tell you how frustrated I am with how weird and bad the show is. It's just this is. A... This is... Netflix original record of Ragnarok, which was suggested to us, or at least mentioned in the discord by Taushin. Okay. So it starts out with uh, a bunch of gods meeting up and being like, what do we do? And they're just We're like, all done with humans, right? Yeah, they're just like, God, what <laughs> the fuck is wrong with these assholes? They're just so obnoxious. And like, they, I guess, I guess gods, it, the way that they're written inside of most lore are pretty obnoxious when you think about it, (laughs) but like yeah, the aloofness of like omnipower and immortality feels correct, I guess. Yeah. But man, oh man, they are, they are very, very difficult to watch. Like in a, in a, in like a normal way, they're obnoxious to watch. And then like in, the additional way of them just being like sitting around thinking about where and when they should destroy everything. When like a, a girl wanders up, who's a Valkyrie and she's like, nah, bitches, you know what you should do? Cause you're afraid you should fight these humans. And they're just like, Oh, we're not afraid of them. You can't tell us what to do. So they're going to do Ragnarok, which is where a whole bunch of people are going to get into a, a fight with a whole bunch of gods. And it's going to be boring and just, Oh, so, yeah. so very boring. It's like the way, the way that I read the setup was all the gods get together and it seems to be, you know, sort of multi pantheon. So like, uh, I think the, I think the meeting is being run by Zeus, but the first champion that the gods put up is, is Thor. And it's sort of like a a fun, like all the gods in one place concept, which I, I will say is a concept that hits my dopamine button. I love, as I've said on the show, I have a couple of things that like really do it for me from a conceptual standpoint. And one of those is repurposing, um, repurposing sort of like mythology, as a sci-fi or fantasy setting. Um, and so this already gets off to a good start for me on a conceptual basis. And then, yeah, the Valkyrie wanders up and it, it, basically all the gods are like, yeah, we, uh, humanity's done, right? Like, let's just, let's just get rid of them. And then the Valkyrie shows up for reasons unannounced in the first three episodes and mm-hmm. essentially calls a point of order that there is, <laughs> there is some sort of like, godly by set of bylaws that they've all agreed to that includes a provision whereby they can hold a contest called Ragnarok in which humanity will put forth 13 champions and the gods will put forth 13 champions and they will have a tournament between the human champions and the god champions and whoever wins uh, the majority of matches what is that seven divided by two would be six and a half. So whoever wins seven matches wins. And so in this instance, the gods are fighting to kill all humans and the humans are fighting to not die. And, uh, and then, yeah, the rest of the first episode into the second episode into the third episode is about the beginning of the tournament between the God Thor and some, I guess like, Chinese warlord whose name I didn't recognize. And uh, this is a weapons. This is, this seems like this show, this entire show is going to be a tournament arc. Yep. The premise is this is a tournament arc. It will continue to be a tournament arc until the show is over. 
And the way that they are trying to inject more story into that tournament arc is, one, they have a large cast of characters on the sidelines commenting on shit. And two, they take the time to say, this is the human's champion. Here's his backstory. This is the god's champion. Here's a story from his life. And so they kind of like basically spend a good amount of time. I think part of part of those first episodes are about table setting as far as like, how are the humans even going to kind of be able to do this fight, which is definitely a question I had going into this. And there's a That's really a question I continue to have as I watched more episodes of it. Okay. So I think that there was actually a really interesting solution to that problem. So I'll go ahead and spoil it here. Cause it's, it's part of the setup in the first three episodes, which is, the humans are able to fight toe-to-toe with the gods because the Valkyries themselves have the ability to turn into godly weapons. And so each human was assigned a Valkyrie companion who turned into a weapon that would allow them to be strong enough to withstand the weapons of the gods. The first battle is between this dude and Thor, who is, of course, famous for his big-ass hammer, which in this is particularly big and ass and uh, and uh, so I got the impression from this that sort of similar to Bleach, a lot of these fights are going to be centered around weaponry and how the weapons match up against each other rather than just like punching or, or you know, energy blasts or whatever. Um, yeah. So and then it just seems like it's just going to be a tournament arc. It seems like there's maybe like a slight mystery around why the Valkyries have decided to side with the humans and that otherwise the hook will be essentially, okay, they did Thor, next up they're going to do whatever other god or whatever other historical figure, and that you kind of get excited to see what the anime does with a kind of fantasy anime representation of these characters, and you keep watching. And uh, yeah, so that that's all premise stuff, and Spencer, you did not like it. No, it's just, not only not only is the story just like, it's very like haphazard and sort of like really stretching to grab my interest, but the animation looks just so, so lazy. Is that, is that just me? Mm, I, I would not a hundred percent co-sign that. I don't think it's bad animation. Uh, I do think that it is. I do think that it is a simpler animation from a modern anime standpoint. So, you know, it's, it's going to hold up against something like classic episodes of Naruto, mm-hmm. but it's not going to hold up against My Hero Academia. Yeah. I think My Hero Academia, obviously My Hero Academia is very successful and has a lot of money to put forward, but even in its first season, there is a lot of like care put into the, the character models, the colors, the movements, and this is just a little stiffer, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some of that may be an artistic choice. So uh, guess, you would hope so, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I guess I'm saying I'm reluctant to come down too hard on it because it seems more than passable from a modern anime standpoint. And some of the things that I didn't care for animation wise, I felt like was maybe not corner cutting so much as them just deciding to do it that way. Where it's like, you know, Jojo's Bizarre Adventure has like heavy black lines and everybody's got really pronounced cheekbones in a way that you don't see on most anime characters. It's like, that is a stylistic choice in the character design there. And I, I felt like maybe some of this was a stylistic choice on how the anime was presenting itself. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. But, uh, I, I, I was left, I was left wanting. <laughs> yeah. I would say I probably had a more positive experience than you. Um, in no small part because this core concept of like making anime versions of these characters and, you know, smashing the action figures against each other does hold a certain intrigue to me. Yeah. Um, It's it's definitely secret wars esque. Um, It's very secret wars esque. And in the same way, secret wars is more fun in concept than it is in implementation. Mm-hmm. So I suspect I was, I guess, semi impressed at the ways that the story was able to weave pacing and storytelling into what was essentially just two characters. We just met fighting each other uh, in those first three episodes. 
What I did end up feeling, though, was that while the concept was being done arguably potentially well, and while I wasn't necessarily bored, I felt like a lot of a lot of what was hooking me so much as in so far as I was hooked on the show, uh, which was not much. (laughs) Most of what was hooking me was waiting to see what was going to happen to the point that in the end I was like, this really seems like basically a show, a show made up of a dragon ball Z tournament arc in which they spend a lot of time powering up at each other. Yeah. Where I was just like, this is a lot of faffing about. This is a lot of slowly revealing who I am and what I can do. Mm-hmm. And I can tell that there's going to be some really fun concepts and some really fun conflicts. And that I'm going to have to wade through a lot of like intentionally slowed down storytelling to get there. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I don't know that if I had to sit down and watch this, that I would hate it. Uh, but I did find myself being like, all right, I see what you're trying to do as far as making these characters, somebody that I know with know about. And I appreciate that effort, but let's fucking get on with it already. Yeah. Uh, I, I would say that, um, one of, one of the things that I, I thought multiple times while watching this is that, um, like I, I don't, I don't like the fate stay series. Like I, a ton. Mm. Uh, lots of people really love the Fate Stay series. There's a there's a, a a giant fan base that seems to be ravenous for more Fate Stay of any kind. I am not yeah. one of those people. However, I know that they exist, and I think that Record of Ragnarok is just an inferior version of the Fate Stay series because mm. the Fate Stay series at least has some interesting plot and some weird storytelling that they're weaving in. And the animation is like hands and feet better than this. So I, I would feet. say, I would say if you're one of those people, that's just like, you know what I really want. I want just like a battle anime where all they're doing is battling. And I want big, weird monsters all the time that are, you know, uh, our, our characters battling against, and they have to win a series of tournaments for weird reasons. You should just watch those instead of ever picking this up. It's just, uh, I, I would just say that it, it's just, it's just better. Um, so yeah, I, I just think it's a bit of an unseasoned meal. You know, it's not, it's not offensive to me, but I got to the end of it and I was like, yeah, I don't care to watch any more of this. Um, I don't, I don't hate the time I spent with it, but I, and, you know, and I don't resent the facts that I had to spend the time, but like, um, it, it was what it was and what it was wasn't for me. Yeah. Um, but I, I definitely think that there are people out there who will like it. I've heard positive reviews of this and I get it. I, if you like this, I totally understand why. Um, and I suspect in those first three episodes, they really didn't get to fighting. Uh, they spent a lot of time on, well, obviously the first episode is mostly set up and I think that the first fight is mostly set up for, Hey, surprise, the humans have special God weapons. Uh, and they wanted to slow roll that reveal. And I think that that was done relatively well overall. Um, but they really didn't fight. And so it's like, it's a little hard to comment on the quality of the fighting in an anime that seems like it is going to be 98% only fighting, and honestly, 98% only fighting between mostly characters you haven't met before. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> who will be characterized along the way. So I, I think if you're just looking for like a big stupid beat-em-up, this might satisfy you. It might be too slow for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it it, it it really does, you know, I, I don't know. Anime is known for being surprising and veering off in surprising directions. But if it, if it cashes in the check that it's been writing, it is going to be a tournament arc where there are 13 fights (laughs) like that's it. And I believe there's another season coming. So I would uh, infer from that, that there are, you know, about five fights in the first season and there's probably going to be about four fights in the next season. And then there's going to be a final third season. If I, if I were a betting man, that's what I would put it at. So if you like that, you know, there's some things where I'm like, this is not good. I don't think this is bad. I just think it's bland. And Mm -hmm. I think that if this is your thing, you'll probably vibe with it better. 
it was almost my thing and I vibed with it for about 15 minutes before I realized what it was really going to be and then stopped vibing with it. <laughs> you were like, you were like, all right, I'll try it. I want to try it. Uh-huh. And then you, yeah. you, and then you bit into it and you were just like, no, oh, this tastes like shit. <laughs> yeah. A little, a little bit, I mean, you know, not like, not like shit, but it's like, you know, you get the, I don't know. What's a dish that's good seasoned? There's this. Oh, no, this is going to this might cause some schisms among the listenership where I love Popeye's (laughs) and there's not a Popeye's chicken nearby, but I love it because the chicken is so, so well seasoned. Everything is really well seasoned. And then I like there was a church's chicken that opened up while I lived in Cheyenne and they were also really good. They also had like delicious spicy chicken. Now I live in Fort Collins, Colorado, and I don't know of a like drive through fast food chicken place except for this place called Raising Cane's. And people love Raising Cane's so much so that there is a sign on the road warning you about the traffic spilling out into the road from the drive through And I ate there once, and I was like, this is it? It is just like unseasoned chicken. And I was talking to somebody about it yesterday, and they were like, no, what's good is the dipping sauce. And I was like, the dipping sauce is normal fry sauce. Like, there's nothing about the sauce that made me feel like I can't get this anywhere else. I personally didn't think that it went with the chicken great. And people just rave about this place. And they they literally line up into the street and wait in their cars for like 45 minutes to have this bland-ass chicken. And I'm just like, put a Popeye's in town for fuck's sake. And that is my reaction to this anime where I'm like, look, it's chicken. I like chicken. I will eat chicken. But if you dunked the chicken into like breadcrumb batter and with no salt and pepper with no spicy seasoning and you serve it to me with ketchup i'm not going to be as happy as if i'm getting like you know some proper effort put into it and that's kind of how i felt about this and how i feel about raising canes and i will fight you yeah okay so i have to tell you another story not to veer off too much but there's this place let's do it (laughs) there's this place in portland that's like uh it's like a chicken and waffle place. And if you're anybody that's from most of the South, but especially in the Tennessee area, you know that like chicken and waffles is like all over the fucking place. It's so, it's so ubiquitous. It's like, it's also great. All hits, no skips, chicken and waffles. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good. And I, I'm a big fan of chicken and waffles, but here's the, here's the deal, man. They like have it everywhere in the South. They're all over the place. And because most of these people grew up making chicken and waffles, like at their house with their mom or grandmother, or I don't know, some other parent. not to be like, you know, it has to be a a woman in your house, but like straight up, like (laughs) there's tons of people that are super misogynist (laughs) in our most recent episode. (laughs) Anyways, there's just like a, there's just like a, a long history of people knowing how to make good fried chicken in the South, good biscuits, good yeah. waffles, good stuff in the South. Yeah. And the South is it's butter. It's salt. That It's fried. That's the South chicken and waffles is like perfect Southern food. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's just one of those things that you just, you, you gotta, you know about if you know about it. Right. Yeah. Um, but here's the deal, man. Like, they fucking were frothing at the mouth for this to the point where it just stretched way into the street to get like more chicken and biscuits and waffle stuff. And I was like, okay, fine. I'll find out about it and I'll see what everybody's freaking out about. And I went there and I waited through the line and I'm like, it's fine. It's like, it's just what it is. It's, There's nothing special about it. It's chicken. Yeah. It's just it's a it, regular piece of chicken on a regular waffle. <laughs> yeah. And it's just Yeah, it, that's that's fucking raising canes. It's the same thing and it's that's this anime. I'm like if you just want big strong boys to fight each other, that's what you're getting. And if yeah. that's all you need, you'll like it. Yeah. If you want a a little more seasoning in your dish. I think this will not go the distance for you. <laughs> yeah. And it just, it, it made me so, it made me so sad and so frustrated. And it was just like, this is, I guess 
I guess this is all I can get, you know, like, yeah. this is, this is all I can get from this anime and it wasn't much and it, it bummed me out. Um, but here's, here's yeah. where we are. You know, uh, Pete and I had some chicken and waffles recently. Uh, we made it for our first morning when we were sitting around playing Pokemon Scarlet and Violet because we have a Pokeball shaped waffle maker. And so we did chicken and waffles. It was really, really good. And if you want to hear us talk about Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, we recorded an episode about that. Yeah. So listen to the by we, I mean me and my husband. Is that out yet? I haven't seen it on the feed yet. Yeah. There's as as we're recording this. Well, it'll be out soon. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Cool. As we're recording this, it's not available. It'll be out probably by the time you're hearing this. Yeah. And then uh, you know maybe once Pete and I have played some more, you might get another episode. Who knows? Yeah. So, anyways. Uh, let's, let's talk about Yu Yu Hakusho. What happened previously on? Uh, Yu Yu Hakusho centers around a guy named Yusuke Yurameshi, who was sort of like a middle school delinquent kid that everybody thought was just like, uh, you know, sort of a, sort of a bad apple. Uh, and then one day he, uh, risked his life saving a kid from being hit by a truck and he actually died and the afterlife was like, well, we didn't think you were a good person and now you died doing a good deed and we don't know what to do with you. So they gave him a series of tasks to come back to life, which he succeeded in doing. When he came back to life, he found out that he had the ability to see like ghosts and demons and stuff like that. And the people from the afterlife came around and they were like, not only did we let you come back to life, but now you get to work for us and be a spirit detective. And so they set him, set him to task doing detective work. Uh, this slowly, uh, and by slowly, I mean pretty quickly transitioned from a detective monster of the week situation to just a, you know, a regular old shonen anime, uh, plot arcs. Um, Yusuke found out, uh, Yusuke uh, met up with a couple of different characters. One is a a guy who used to be a regular old spooky powerful demon named Karama, but he uh, fled the demon world at one point and um, possessed the body of a, a baby that was either about to be born or had just been born and, um, and then sort of grew up as a human. So now he's like sort of a half demon he's chilled out a lot from his evil demon ways although every once in a while um he can be uh be turned back into what they call the yoko karama form which is uh when his his hair changes color and he gets his fox ears back and he turns extra extra spicy mean and you know you don't want to be on the receiving end of that situation uh then there's a full demon named hiei who is kind of like this series is Vegeta in that he is the hard ass. He is the former villain who is reformed, but who only reformed because he is uh, looking for his chance to have another, you know, blood feud moment with the hero rather than because he genuinely wants to be a, uh, a hero. And, you know, it's just sort of like one of those parallel, uh, parallel um goals where they're like yeah he wants to eventually fight yusuke but because yusuke is in conflict with this other guy he is perfectly happy to have that fight instead for now one of those situations so uh they've become i would argue friends at this point in the show but i think if you ask ta he would still hold pretty tight to the opinion that he is not yusuke's friend and that he's really just sticking around for this eventual showdown um, a couple of other characters have shown up through through the show, but at this point in the story, we have transitioned from the spirit world and or the human world into the demon world. So in the demon world, we have learned recently that there are three demon kings, and they are each about as strong as the other one. Number one, they themselves, the kings, are about as strong, but number two, each of the kings has a, you know, a segment of the demon population that follows them and hails them as their specific king. And uh, each of those segments of the demon population are also about evenly matched. And so there has been this stalemate for a time, because if any one demon demon king attacked any one of the others, the ensuing battle would be so evenly matched that whoever won would be left severely weakened, and then the third demon king would be able to simply swoop in 
and achieve an easy victory. They have this kind of political stalemate over who is going to rule the demon world as a result of this. But the caveat is that one of these demons has stopped eating people. Uh, demons have to eat humans in order to sustain themselves, and one of them gave it up a long time ago because demon lifespans are, you know, crazy long. And so he hasn't had people in a long, long, long time. And he is now nearing the end of his life due to starvation. Uh, he also, through great uh, coincidence, happens to be Yusuke's long-lost relative. So at some point way down the line, Yusuke's long-ago long ancestor had a, a tryst with, uh, with this demon, and some lineage was born there that led to the modern era uh, of having Yusuke around. So uh, this reared its ugly head in the end of the last arc in which Yusuke was having his showdown against last arc's major villain. And instead of getting to fight him, his body was sort of like taken over by the his demonic ancestor, who I believe was specifically this king uh, who, you know, accessed Yusuke's body through the like demon blood sleeping in his system from, you know, decades of genealogy. And uh, was able to sort of like beat the the villain of Last Arc in Yusuke's stead in a way that Yusuke did not fucking appreciate. So Yusuke has come back to the demon world essentially to give this demon a talking to for taking over uh, in a situation in which he was not invited. But uh, because Yusuke is a shonen anime protagonist, he came for the revenge and he stayed for the getting stronger. And so he is now sort of training in the demon world, um, theoretically in order to have a proper go at the uh, demon ancestor king. But uh, I think the king and all of the king's subjects are expecting Yusuke to take over in the demon king's absence after he dies from starvation. Meanwhile, the other two kings each individually have reached out to Hiei and Karama respectively. Hiei and Karama have both agreed to join up with the Demon King. So now one each of Yusuke, Hiei, and Karama are spread out amongst one each of the three stalemate demons. And we are sort of fast approaching the moment in which there will only be two demons because uh, Yusuke's ancestor is about to keel over from not eating humans starvation unless he, you know, becomes overcome with uh, demon hunger and eats Yusuke first. And that's basically where we left off. Yeah. And so let's let's talk about these wonderful episodes. <laughs> because... Just because you know what's happening doesn't mean these are bad. <laughs> they're good. It, this is the thing that they makes are me good. so angry about it. Because, okay, <laughs> let's start out with episode 101, which is Reunion of the Bandits. This episode is about uh, Kurama meeting up with Yomi and talking about where where they came from. And the whole thing that they came from, which is really interesting, is that they were like... Uh, so originally, Kurama was the leader of a group of bandits. His close right-hand man was Yomi. And Yomi was impulsive and did like a, a lot of dumb shit. Um, he, yeah. he would regularly he would like raid places he ought not to be. Yeah. He was just stuff like that. He was just about getting in trouble and not giving a shit who he got in trouble because he got in trouble. And so a lot you know of times, Kurama Spencer, had to, Spencer, he was Dennis the menace. <laughs> he was. Yeah, obviously. And then Mr. Wilson, AKA Karama would have to come in and yeah. bail him out. Um, and, uh, every time he bailed him out, it was just over and over again that he had to do this. Well, it turns out that Yomi has been blinded for a very long time and we didn't know why he was blinded only that he was. Um, but because he's been blinded, he think he's become a m much more powerful than he was before. But yeah, here's he's, the thing. He's daredevil blind. <laughs> yeah. 
But here's the thing, um, except if Daredevil grew extra ears in order to do it. But anyways, um, <laughs> demon Daredevil, yeah. more devil than Daredevil. So anyways, um, one of the things <laughs> that apparently happened in the past, though, is that Yomi was just like, you know what I'm going to do? I've heard about this other place that has more gold and more riches. I want to go to that one. So I, I'm going to go ahead and go steal, uh, go steal from them. And instead of anybody being there or any riches being there, there was just a demon laying in wait who killed his men and then blinded Yomi and left him there to die. Um, and uh, he he wounded him so the guy couldn't kill him, um, but Yomi was just left there. And he had to yeah, figure I, out... Did you, did you get the impression that the guy was sent to blind but not kill Yomi? Or that Yomi was strong enough that he repelled the attacker, but not before being blinded. Because yeah. I got the impression it was the second one. Yeah, he was and supposed I, to be killed. I do too. I think he was supposed okay. to be killed. Um, and the Yomi is going to show Karama to the back. And he's just like, by the way, I found this person. And he's like, your heartbeat uh, raised up, Karama. I don't wonder why. And then he saw that this was the, he had found this person that was the would-be assassin after long, a long, long time. And he has been holding him in torture. Yeah, thousands trying to get, of years. Yeah, he's been holding him and torturing him and being like, tell me who tried to kill me and tell me who, who sent you to do this. And he reveals that it was Karama in his old form that he had sent him to do this. And he reveals to Karama that it's just like, yes, you were bloodthirsty in those days. And it makes sense that you needed to kill me off because I was a fucking liability. And I get that. And I get where you came from. You should be my right hand man. Now I know that I can trust you. And because of that, you're going to stand up inside of this. Oh, and by the way, I know about your family. And if you don't come and help me, I'm just going to fucking kill them. So you have yeah. no choice inside of this situation. And, uh, if you were yourself of old, which I want you to be, you would see that this is a good plan to begin with. And it's just yeah, like a, such a good Yoko. turn on the head. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> so here's the other thing that happens inside of this episode. And I swear to God, I don't see it inside of the notes, but uh, the general of <laughs> the general of Yomi's army is just such a bitch. <laughs> He's just yeah, like, this a, was sort of big... summarized in the next episode, but yeah, I did neglect to put this here. He's and it was a, a great scene. He's just a big red bitch. <laughs> It's just like, it's just like, I've got this army and I've been putting together this army for so long. <laughs> and uh, Yomi is just like, that's great and all, but we need, we need actual fighters that aren't just going to die. And he's just like, uh, you know what I'll do? I'll do that same thing that every villain does. And by every villain, I mean every villain, even Yomi, where he's just like, I'm going to send somebody to take over somebody in your life that you love, AKA Karama's adopted younger brother, that he just got from marriage between his older mother and her new husband. Anyways, um, he's going to take him over with, are like you saying a, he's like a brother-in-law? Is that what you're saying? He's a, he's a, I don't know, man, because like, They're if you really break it down, like related. Karama's, Karama's mother isn't really his mother. He's just like, he's a stepbrother. <laughs> She's his half mother because she gave birth to the human body that he inhabited. Yeah, it's it's and really <laughs> difficult. It's a it's a half step brother is what it was. <laughs> <laughs> so Karama's half step brother, who he cares so much about in so little time, is going to be like, hey, I'm yeah, who we've never over. seen before this scene. By the yeah, way, yeah. So they're gonna they're gonna do a they're gonna do a lot of work in one scene when Karama's just like, I'm looking at the moon, and he's just like, I like the moon too, and Karama's just like i like this guy <laughs> yeah we bonded over both noticing that there's a moon <laughs> yeah we both stood outside and also there was a moon there um this takes us <laughs> to episode 102 torn between identities um and this episode it's going to continue to break down what's going on and the breakdown between the two worlds it also can I, gives can i can i point out just, just real quick we also have the dumbest <laughs> the dumbest sequence I have ever seen on Yu Yu Hakusho. <laughs> like, by far Explain. the dumbest one. Okay, so so real quick, 
his his brother is going to be possessed by a demon and so or his 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 half step brother is going to be taken over by a demon and he's just like okay you should join me instead because otherwise I'm just going to kill you and he's just like I'm a parasite demon that means I fuck everybody over sure I'll join you and that's that's what <laughs> happened to that point but also no it's it, it's the parasite is inside the the step half brother's body <laughs> and Karama's like I'll fucking kill you and the parasite's like, well, because I'm a parasite, the rules are that while I'm possessing this motherfucker, if you kill me, he dies. So, you know, checkmate. And then Karama's like, uh, Uno reverse card, I have plants that will make you wish that you were dead forever. So uh, we can do that or you can work for me. And the guy's like, I'll do the work for you part. <laughs> he was like, you got me. I, I, didn't, yeah. I didn't have a big bluff. So anyways. Yeah. Okay. So here's the Karama was like, you think you're hard. Yeah. I'm hard. You know? <laughs> so Karama is also going to reveal that six of the demons that were part of the demon arc, uh, the demon tournament arc. Remember that? That happened a long time ago. Um, he's, yeah. he's been putting the them up. Ones. <laughs> he's been, he's been putting them up with Genkai and Genkai has been training them. And my favorite way of training them is that she just puts them in a dark basement and she's just like, kill each other. Yeah. (laughs) It's so anime. And then the best thing happens, which is also the stupidest scene in Yu show, which is that when they're like, yeah, we've gotten so much stronger, watch us fight each other. They literally just show them all standing like three feet apart and their arms moving so fast that you can't see them, and it just going, and that happens for like I swear to God, seventy five seconds. It's just it's like your favorite thing. It's just the dumbest fucking like we needed to fill time, and so it, here it is. This is, is the is a laziest bit, piece of animation I've ever seen. I think it's a little bit the the consequence of its time too, because you think. You know, again, you think about a Yu Yu Hakusho is really close on the the tales of Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z. But Dragon Ball, I'm not going to say, I I guess I'm not enough of an anime historian to be like, Dragon Ball created people punching too fast for you to see. I suspect that that's probably not true. But Dragon Ball was absolutely instrumental as a, a sort of like popularity engine for this type of battle anime. And uh, not only here in the West, but the, the the influence of Dragon Ball is super strong on the anime industry itself. And I'm thinking about like that type of thing where I'm like, it is so passe and boring to just like have people make grunting noises at each other while air quotes moving or punching too fast for the eye to see. And there's all those like old classic things from Dragon Ball where you get like, you know, a shot of Goku's face close up and a series of six fists sort of blinking around on the screen with some motion lines while he's yelling. And it's like, that's him doing fast punches against Freezer or Cell or whoever the fuck. And it's like, that's so boring and so played out. But at the time... I suspect it was pretty clever. And like the core concept of like moving too fast for the eye to see is badass to, to its core. And you know, you you'll get iterations on that. Like bleach's flash step is really cool. And then it starts to become almost a self parody. And like, I think that's just the nature of these things. So I guess I'm because I'm feeling still pretty positive about Yu Yu Hakusho and expecting that train to come to a screeching halt in the next episode or two. Uh, I wanted to just like, you know, put out a, a a little note there that this is probably better than we're giving it credit for as a consequence of where we are in like time versus where Yu Yu Hakusho was in time. Yeah. There's yeah. also a really fun sequence that we, I think, skipped over from the last episode. And I, I point out that it was in the last. You don't really need to know what happened in the last episode. Uh, I guess what I'm saying, there's this like, there's this like gathering of generals that Yomi has like a meeting between like his main advisors, uh, including the big fighty boy that has Karama's brother possessed, uh, who is Yomi's like right hand man. And then Karama is invited to the meeting and 
uh, I remember specifically this happened before the sequence in which Yomi reveals to Kurama that he is aware that Kurama put a hit out on him because I don't know. I just thought it was interesting that this was not coerced out of Kurama. Like once Yomi reveals that he knows that, that Kurama tried to have him assassinated. He also reveals that he's going to force Kurama to work with him. But before that he has Kurama join like a war council meeting and Kurama reads them to filth in this meeting. They are like looking at graphs of like the power level of every demon Lord's army. And the graphs are like, here's the power level of the demon Lord. Here's the power level of their like second in command, which is noticeably lower, but still high. And then here's the power of the rest of their armies. And Karama is basically like, okay, so there's the demon Lords and then nobody else powerful. And it's like, the second in command is like sitting right next to him. And it's basically like the fuck you say. And Karama's like, yeah, you heard me. There's nobody else worth fighting in these lists. And it's so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Man, this show, the show, it's, it continues to be like, oh my God. Like <laughs> there's so many things I want it to be, but anyways, <laughs> we're, we're still, we're so, so close anyways. Uh, so here's, here's the last thing inside of these episodes. So he brings in these guys and he shows them off and they're just like, holy shit, they're all so powerful. And how did you get them there so fast? That's, that's great. And so Karama's just like, okay, good. So he's going to get off my back about this. We're going to relax a little bit. And what's that annoying general? Okay. He's going to come to try to attack me. And he's just going to be like, okay, kill his uh, half step brother. And the guy's just like, I don't work for you anymore. And he's just like, oh, well, I'll just kill him myself. And then Karama just, just murks him so fast. Yeah. It's just, it's not even a fight. And he's just like, oh, I didn't even realize how far we were from each other. <laughs> and then that takes it's us. It's pretty satisfying. <laughs> yeah. And then let's go into the final episode, which is episode hey, one or three. <laughs> Inheritance. Spencer, you know how you can keep time by the rumbles in your tumbles? <laughs> yeah, man. So here's the thing. <laughs> we're going to watch a love story in one part. <laughs> which is we're going to we're going to hear that uh that Ryzen is about to die because he hasn't eaten in so long. We also see that Yusuke has gotten much stronger from his time of training. Yeah, the there's problem- there's a good moment where they do a fake out where you think Ryzen's going to try and eat Yusuke. Mm-hmm. Um which would have been an interesting story direction and is almost certainly one of the ways the author thought this might go and then decided to do something else but like threw in that little nugget for a momentary thrill. And I appreciated that. Yeah. Also, um, he, he, <laughs> the only reason that he's strong enough to tell this story is that he bites Yusuke and just gets like a taste of blood. And he's just like, that'll yeah. get me through the story, I guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> so he is going to tell this story. And this story is about he, how he fell in love with the great ancestor of <laughs> Yusuke and how I met your great, 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 great grandmother. <laughs> yeah. So here's the problem with this story. The story was this guy was being chased around because demons and humans used to live on the same plane and he was being chased around it. He's just like, Oh shit. I don't, I don't want to continue being chased around. I've been hit by a, a couple of arrows. I need to find a, lay, a place to lay low. So I'm going to jump into this person's house and this person ha- a person's house just happened to be um, a a woman, a sexy that, lady. <laughs> this woman <laughs> that was a healer, and also she was a healer in those days, a shaman, I think they call her at one point. But the way that they healed back in those days was they used to ingest a whole bunch of different uh, viruses and things that would kill them, and because of that, uh, they developed antibodies and basically turned their blood into vaccines. Um, 
And because of this, she's just like, I've got a whole bunch of poison running through my body. And if you think that you can survive it, you can bite me and kill me and eat me. But it's it's probably going to kill you, too. So whatever you want to do. And he's like, well, I don't want to do that. But what I do want to do is because you are so crazy and brazen, I would like to love you for literally Bone one night down. <laughs> and, uh, and at the end of this literal one night, I'm going to be like, Oh man, I love that person, but man, I can't eat humans and I'm going to, I'm going to be okay with, you know, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to make it to where I haven't eaten humans for a while. And then, uh, then I'm going to go back and hang out with her some more. And instead yeah. she died in childbirth because, you know, demon baby. And yeah, so, also, also, you know, it's really easy to die in childbirth without modern medicine. <laughs> like, yeah, that's, that's super the, common. Yeah. So, um, here's the thing though. He is just like, you know, what I'll do is I'm going to meet her in the next plane. So I'm just going to stop eating humans for thousands of years. And it's just yeah. like, uh, okay, I, I get it. But if you really wanted to see this person, like maybe maybe just off yourself. I don't know. It's just like, you know, or, or he also yeah. says like, maybe I'll live long enough to where she'll reincarnate and then I'll find her again. And then I'm just like, you're getting real twilight over here, bro. <laughs> yeah. It's like you fucked one woman one time and you decided to starve yourself to death because it was so good. Like you need to chill out. All right. Yeah. Yeah. This is what repression does. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and he he then dies, but, but right before he dies, he's just like, it's, it's, here's some things you already knew. You shouldn't trust this guy, and maybe don't trust this guy either. Bye. <laughs> hey, the people that I don't trust, don't trust them. Like, <laughs> yeah, thanks for sharing that nugget. But it's one of the things that's weird here is that in in the dub, at least... While the demon guy is telling the story, he's like, we made love. And I'm like, I know you're a demon. I know that you don't live by the same sort of like social mores that we humans do. But it's weird to be like, well, gather around, children, and let me tell you the story of how I fucked your grandmother. Like... What is happening in this story? Why are you telling it this way? You could have said, like, we spent a lovely evening together and then your ancestor was born nine months later. But you were like, we made love. And I'm just concerned about your sort of boundaries between, like, who is your family member and who's not and how you speak to different people. And I just think... Like, if you didn't die from starvation, we would need to have, like, a conversation about what, how you're telling these stories. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, the, one the of the best thing things about this, to too. The yeah. One of the best things about this is that the demon realm in, in Yusuke's ancestors' territory keeps time by the rumbling of his stomach and they realize he has died because his stomach doesn't rumble at the right time. And that is funny as shit. <laughs> and then yeah. the other demon Lords, because they are super powerful anime people. And as a consequence of that, have long distance sensory powers are like, ah, he's dead. <laughs> yeah. And so let's so go then, and fight his and his person that's taken over. Let's yeah. go kill them. Okay. Uh, Yusuke's like, ah, he's dead. Let's run. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and that takes us into the next uh, the next episode, which is not right now because we yeah. need to uh, break for the week. Yeah. So uh, Yusuke's uh, Yusuke's at I think Yomi's city. So yeah, he he went to where Yomi and Karama are uh, with I don't know one of the bald guys uh, in tow, so that he can talk to them about what to do next. And also, he was out riding on like a big bug or something with his demon lord. And when they realized that Yusuke's demon lord was dead, and also that Yusuke was on his way to Yomi's place, they're like, we're going to go there too. And so now all three of these previously at stalemate, but now maybe not at stalemate anymore, people are converging on each other. 
And we're going to figure out what Yusuke is going to propose they do next time on Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> All right. Stick with us after the credits and we'll talk about what's coming up next week. Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions and presented as part of the Geekly Grind Podcast Network. Sound editing is done by Rashad English. He's our level 15 sound wizard. Fireball! 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 Ad-free versions of our podcast are available on Patreon, along with extra Patreon-only goodies, like additional conversations and articles written by the hosts. Follow us on Twitter at B&S Get Jumped. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. Or talk to us on Reddit at reddit.com slash r slash get jumped. We also have a Discord server, and you can find links to that on our social media platforms. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Reviews help other listeners find our show. New episodes come out every week. Thanks for listening. Hello, my name is Jeremy Snow, and I'm the founder and editor-in-chief of The Geekly Grind, a geek-centric website that covers all manners of topics from video games and anime to tabletop games, board games, comics, and more. If you're looking for a website to add to your daily rotation for some of the latest news, reviews, and overall takes on where geek culture is headed, make sure to bookmark thegeeklygrind.com and pay us a visit. I also wanted to thank you uh, for being a faithful listener to this podcast. Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is a vital member of our podcast family which also includes Knights of the World Table, which is a D&D audio drama podcast, The Ink and Paint Club, an animation podcast, Comic Book Keepers, which is a comic book podcast, and Geek Exploration, the podcast which is on general geek culture. We also have the Geekly Grind podcast, which provides audio renditions of our published articles, special guests, and more. Make sure to seek those out and listen to them wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks again. Next time on Blake and Spencer Got Jumped, we're watching Mob Psycho 100, uh, Part 2, Episodes 10 through 11. All right. Are you ready to go to Flavortown? Well, get ready because we're going to Seasoning City, where all you can see is seasoning as far as the eye can see. You look over there, that's basil. And over there, that's thyme. And here, right under the, our feet, it's the salt of the earth. We're going. Magic. We're going to Flavortown. Fuckers. Oh, let's do Led. it. Happy and Morty. And Morty, we're going to go higher. And Morty, we're going <laughs> to continue this season. We're going to make an even better season. <laughs> thousand <laughs> years Flavortown. www.flavortown.rigandmorty.com.